This podcast is brought to you by MediShare, affordable and biblical health care sharing. Visit MediShare.com slash unpacking it. You deserve affordable, reliable health care. It's MediShare. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast. A show that brings meaning and purpose to the fantasy season. It's our hope to help you win your league. But more importantly, we want to encourage you in your faith. Together, we'll unpack fantasy, faith, and life. Now, from his mic to your ears, here is Bryce Johnson. This is the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast presented by MetaShare. Together, we'll unpack fantasy, faith, and life. I'm Bryce Johnson with Harrison Zuckerberg, and we are your fantasy coaches here to encourage you and help you win while also finding meaning and purpose throughout the fantasy season. We won't always be right, but we hope we'll be convincing. We are part of the Unpacking It Podcast Network, and I'm coming to you from the Unpacking It Ministries studio here in Charlotte, North Carolina. And be sure to check out our website, fantasyfootballfellowship.com. On the website, you'll find information about becoming an individual member. Uh, you'll get access to all of our content through now throughout the season, as well as throughout the season. And also, if you'd like to uh, use our content within your church to start a, a church league, a fantasy league, and be able to meet on a regular basis uh, to be able to talk fantasy, faith, and life together, uh, we've got all of that available to you uh, on our website. Uh, we have a membership uh, cost for that as well. Uh, we also have a lot of free content on our website that you can enjoy, and we hope that you'll get behind uh, this ministry and, and support us uh, one way or another as we take you from the draft all the way through the end of the season, providing fantasy advice, but more importantly, taking a look at fantasy concepts, relating them to the Bible, relating them to our own lives. And we will do that uh, on the show today uh, during our breakout segment. And, and so this week's breakout topic is about reluctance. And you know those players during the draft that, that you reluctantly draft and we're going to talk about that. We're going to give you some of those players that, that are on the list for us this season, and we'll relate that to the Bible and our own lives. We are brought to you by MediShare. If you're looking for an affordable, reliable healthcare option that you can trust, check out MediShare today. MediShare.com slash unpacking it has all the information uh, you need, and you can find out how you can save money on your healthcare costs. And the, the great part is members on average save 50% or more on their healthcare costs. And, and so again, metashare.com slash unpacking it. My family, we've been uh, a, me a member for over six years. So very thankful for MetaShare uh, personally, but then also to be able to partner with them on the Fantasy Football Fellowship podcast and within Unpacking It Ministries. All right, so also on the show today, we're going to give you a couple names from each of these categories, players that we want to draft no matter what. We want to go get them, even if we have to draft them maybe a little bit earlier uh, than, than normal, we want to draft them. Then there's players that under no circumstance, I'm not drafting them. And then we've also got our category 
players that at the right cost, right price, right draft choice, uh, I'll take them. Only if they slip. Only in the right circumstance. And so we'll, we'll share some of those today. And we're going to begin, though, by taking a look at some of the latest training camp storylines. Some of the reports that we as fantasy owners have to be very careful to, to not get caught up in the information, but also to follow the information, injuries, and you know some of the some of the reports are uh, genuine information. But let's say hello to Harrison Zuckerberg, uh, my co-host here on the show. And Harrison, why, why don't you give us a little insight on on really what goes on at at training camps uh, before we jump in on, on some of these topics? How you doing, Bryce? So around this time, you'll see a lot of posts on social media and all over the internet of. Oh, rookie catches 70-yard touchdown pass or Tyreek Hill deep bomb from, from Tua. You know, can't question Tua's arm strength anymore. And unfortunately, you can't really believe a lot of that as much as we would like to. You know, I spent time working for an NFL team during their training camp last season, and I can't even tell you the number of times where the fans are out there, it's hot. At the end of practice, the coaches say, Okay, let let the rookie receiver, you know, run whatever route he wants to deep down the field and score a 60 yard touchdown just to get the fans excited. Like we know the defense is going to be great. Just put on a show so the fans can get excited about the new players on the team and think the offense is going to be great heading into the season. So the one that sticks out to me is a lot of people are making a big deal of Chris Olave's 60 yard touchdown that he had this week with Jameis Winston. Now, if you watch that play, no one was within 30 yards of Chris Olave <laughs> down the field. He kind of just ran straight and was open in the end zone. So unfortunately, we, we can't buy too much into that, saying that Chris Olave is now going to be beating everyone for touchdowns when the regular season actually comes. What you can pay attention to, though, is you know battles of who's getting playing time over other guys. Now, if a rookie is starting with the ones or you know, maybe a veteran is playing a different role in the offense than normal. That's something you can pay attention to because those are actual, you know, plays and formations that they are going to be practicing for the regular season. But anytime you see a huge play that just seems a little bit too good to be true, it probably <laughs> is. And they're just putting on a show. So, you know, the social media team can have something to post. Absolutely. So that, that that's our responsibility as for us as fantasy coaches here on this podcast to help you as a fantasy owner kind of wade through some of the nonsense, but then also for you as a, as an owner, you got to keep up with this news throughout the week. And you got to, if you see some of the videos to Harrison's point, all right, where was the defense? Was it at the end of practice? And, and so we've got to, you know, continue to be uh, just wise about how we, uh, we, we uh, understand the information that, that is shared uh, out there. And so, all right, so let's go through a couple of kind of the stories from the last week or so. And, and I, I was intrigued by this one in Dallas. You know, we're trying to figure out, all right, what's really going to happen with Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard? We saw Tony Pollard really emerge toward the end of last year. And you look at how efficient he is, and he's really productive. And the eye test, he, I think Cowboys fans are all thinking, man, this guy's faster. He's, he burst through the hole better than, than Zeke. But who's got all the money? Zeke. And so we heard Jerry Jones come out within the last week and, oh, Zeke's our guy and, and was re really speaking highly of him. And so let's play a little game here, Harrison, as, as we get going. When we hear this news, does it confirm what you already believed? Does it confuse what you were thinking? And does some of the news that, that we'll go through, does it cause you to consider maybe a, a different player that you weren't previously considering? And so 
with the hype surrounding Ezekiel Elliott. It seems like he's rising draft boards, and I, I think a lot of that has to do with Jerry Jones and, and maybe even Mike McCarthy to a certain extent hyping, hyping Zeke up. Where do you come out on this one in particular? Yeah, so we'll talk about Zeke more in depth a little bit later, but this just confirms for me that Zeke is you know, reluctantly, like we're going to talk about later, going to have a pretty solid fantasy season again. You know, I don't think Tony Pollard is going to be a huge threat. They're not paying Zeke to sit on the bench. And a lot of the talk about Tony Pollard also working as a wide receiver within training camp. While that's really exciting for his fantasy value, that also telling you, well, if he's playing a lot of wide receiver, he's not going to be playing over Zeke at running back. Zeke's definitely the main running back there. So that just confirms that, you know, both these guys will be good still, but Zeke is the main back in Dallas. So for me, this confirms I want Tony Pollard. And, and that means that I can get Tony Pollard at a discount because everybody is thinking about Zeke. And, and exactly to what you just said, that means Pollard's going to drop in draft boards. And I like still the, the possibility that if he does get that chance, let's say there's a Zeke injury. Let's, let's say Zeke does get off to a slow start, which we've seen. Uh, that that Pollard, I can get him at a discount. And even if he doesn't pan out, I can get him later. I'm good to go. So that confirms my, my draft strategy with Pollard. All right, how about this? Uh, I'm a Panthers guy. So Baker Mayfield, you know, he gets off to kind of a slow start in training camp. Well, then all of it, you know, threw an interception. Then all of a sudden he comes back uh, the other day, throws three touchdowns to DJ Moore. So does this confirm, confuse, or, or give you some consideration? This gives me a little bit of consideration with Baker Mayfield because, you know, we have to take everything, like I said before, that happens in these practices with a grain of salt and look at the situation here. The first day, if he throws two interceptions, this is his first time being exposed to the playbook and really understanding what's going on on the field. So we can't look at that, you know, with with too much caution, being like, oh, he's going to throw a ton of interceptions this season. Um, and then the three touchdowns to DJ Moore, that's not also saying that DJ Moore is going to have three touchdowns every single game. You know, they're practicing plays. DJ Moore is obviously going to be a focal point in that offense. So overall, I think Baker will be an improvement at quarterback. It's hard not to be an improvement over Sam Darnold. Be really saying something if you weren't an improvement over Sam Darnold. Um, but I think, you know, we should just look to, to see how he's performing a little bit later once he gets more acclimated to the offense and, and overall who's featured weapons wise for Carolina. Yeah, I'm not interested. I, I like Baker for the Panthers. I think the Panthers are going to be much better this year. And, and I said on the Unpacking It podcast, I actually think the Panthers are going to win the division, as, as crazy as that sounds. Uh, but I'm not interested in Baker as a fantasy guy. But I am targeting DJ Moore. I, I want DJ Moore, uh, especially if I can get him like as the 13th, 14th wide receiver off the board, somewhere in that range. I'm loving life. I'm feeling good about that. I like the value there. All right, let's get to uh, another report. Uh, this one in coming out of L.A., uh, so, uh, Sarah Barshop from ESPN talking about, uh, Matthew Stafford has good chemistry with his new receiver, Allen Robinson, specifically on one play when Stafford threw to Robinson in between two defenders in the back of the end zone. So you're a bears fan. You're a little burned by Allen Robinson, but I'm in on the Allen Robinson, uh, on the bandwagon. I, I want him in, in, in drafts. I like him going you know, just a, a touch later. I'm afraid he's going to get too much hype. Um, but I, I like him as a bounce back candidate and, and emerging as you know, a key weapon in a high powered offense in LA. I, I completely agree. I think he's going to be a great number two there. You know, Robert Woods was, you know, a fringe wide receiver one before he got injured last year, even with Cooper cups, amazing season that he was having. 
Uh, I think Allen Robinson's a more talented player than Robert Woods and fits, you know, the outside boundary receiver role a little bit better than Woods did in that offense. And that highlight touchdown play that he had, that was not one where the defense was letting him have it. He he was fighting for that ball till the very end. So that just confirms that he still got the juice. He still got that catch strength. And he can make some great contested catches in the red zone for the Rams this year. All right. So I'm again that that sort of uh confirms uh my belief in Allen Robinson. So I'm 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 in on him. All right, we'll get, we'll do one more. And and this coming out uh, this comes out of Philly. Many reporters thought that earlier last week, Kenneth Gainwell appeared to be running with the first team running backs, and Miles Sanders was running with the twos. But then Nick Sirianni came out, said, Miles is our guy. It just so happens to be the way the numbers work. But Miles was in with the ones as well. There's no secret. Miles is our guy, and we will and we and we'd like to rotate our backs. So a couple episodes ago, I'm in on the Eagles this year. Uh, my neighbor, who's a loyal listener of this show, big Eagles fan, and so he was excited about me being in on the Eagles. But he he was buying into this this hype. He, he heard the story. Oh, what about Miles Sanders? Is Gainwell the guy? Uh, I'm I'm. This also confirms for me that I want I want the Eagles players. I want hot this high powered offense. It might be Sanders. It might be Gainwell. If fantasy owners hear this news and, and Sanders drops a little bit and I can get him at a discount, I'm, I'm loving life. If I can grab Gainwell in uh, one of the later rounds, I'll, I'll try to scoop him up. Uh, I don't usually like to have the same running backs from the same team, but, but I'm good with either one of them. Um, so does this confirm, confuse, or uh, give you a little consideration? So this, all, all three, honestly, because, <laughs> you know. Eagles. Yeah, <laughs> the Eagles have so many weapons. We really don't know who's going to end up on top. And it may be no one ends up on top and everyone splits time. But it's, yeah. it's just such a weird statement because he says, it's no secret, Miles is our guy. We like to rotate our backs. Well, if you're rotating your backs, then he's clearly not your only guy that you're going to use. And Kenneth Gainwell, even though he didn't get a ton of touches last year, was one of the most efficient running backs in the NFL. Not just rookies, like, total running backs in the NFL with the touches that he got last season. So it would be kind of crazy for them not to give him more opportunities this year. You know, Miles Sanders has been really inconsistent, has dealt with a lot of injuries during his career. Miles may be the guy to start out the season, but I would not be surprised if Gainwell was, you know, 1B to Sanders' 1A or even overtakes him by the end of the year. Yeah, I just, I, I like, again, I like the value of of Sanders. That because last year he didn't, he was, he was somewhat of a disappointment, um, but he still produced and this team still wants to run the ball and, and that's going to be their bread and butter. Now they've added AJ Brown, which just me just raises the whole offense. So when they do throw they're they've got a legit weapon that they can count on. And, and so that, that just makes hurts uh, even more of a threat. And, and I think that that causes defense defenses to, to pay more attention to the wide receivers. Whereas last year, uh, a little bit inconsistent. I still like Devontae Smith as well. So, all right, there you go. There's some training camp kind of hype and news, and uh, we'd love to know your thoughts as a listener. Uh, you know, what what news is is catching your eye? Where where, where are you confused by the news? Uh, let us know. You can email me, uh, info at fantasyfootballfellowship.com. All right, so we'll, uh, we'll talk to Harrison in a moment because we're going to hear what players he's reluctant to draft this year. Uh, but we're going to jump into the the breakout topic for this week's show, and 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 basically during this 
segment, we take a fantasy concept related to the Bible, related to our in our uh, to our own lives, and we've designed these topics for you and your league to discuss these topics in or during league meetings throughout the season. And and so you can get access to the the breakout topic questions, a prayer challenge for the week and and we've set you up well. And so you can become a, a member for for $10 on fantasyfootballfellowship.com. Uh your church can also become a member. So check out that information fantasyfootballfellowship.com. But but more importantly than becoming a, a member, uh, what we want to do here at Fantasy Football Fellowship is point one another to Jesus. And we want to grow in our faith, and we want to experience genuine fellowship. That's that's the hope and, and, and goal for, for what we're trying to do. But let's take a look at this week's topic about reluctancy. And, and every year, there are guys that we know are going to produce. And you know that, that this guy on the draft board is the right person to draft because they're consistent, they're reliable, but maybe they've been there a while. Like maybe they're, they're getting a little, uh, maybe they're more of a veteran. They're an older player. Maybe they've been on the same team for a long time. And so you just find yourself a little hesitant or reluctant to draft them. You know, think about Melvin Gordon last year. Uh, a lot of people were kind of reluctant. I know Harrison was reluctant to draft him last year, but then Melvin Gordon was very solid and and really outproduced uh, where he was drafted. And and so we end up you know selecting those types of guys, even though it isn't a player that we're as excited about. Maybe it's because the the fantasy community hasn't been hyping them up, or they aren't the new player or the high ceiling guy, and they're just steady. They've always delivered. They've they've just been that that consistent player year in year out. But if you're in a uh, uh, in person draft, you know when you select that guy, you're just gonna get crickets, right? You you like the feeling during a live draft when you draft the 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 sleeper or the hot name, and it's like oh no, everybody's like oh I wanted that guy, I wanted that guy. But when you draft a consistent guy. Everybody's like, oh, okay, cool. Like, who cares? You know, it's that kind of attitude. Um, and so it's just kind of interesting that this is this 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 mentality sort of uh, infiltrates our decision making during draft day, where we just become a little reluctant and and hesitant. And so on the on the flip side, though, isn't this the kind of guy we should be passionate about? <laughs> like, instead, we're we're getting so enticed by the rookie running back who hasn't done anything. We're, we're enthralled with the player that, that everyone is, is talking about that has, has yet to actually produce anything. And, and even though, you know, deep down, we know we can't count on the rookies or the guy that's supposed to take the next big step. Um, I mean, everybody's still waiting for Mike Gesicki to, to really take that big step. We've been talking about him for six years. I'll talk about him later. Um, but, but, but what if we actually drafted players who have shown the most reliability instead of considering them boring or instead of, you know, reluctantly drafting them that we embrace it and we get excited. I'm taking the reliable guy. I'm taking the guy that I can count on. Let's go. And, and being, you know, bold and uh, enthusiastic uh, about those types of guys. And so what does this have to do with our own lives? Well, I believe that, that oftentimes, you know, when we, how we view doing the right thing 
and making wise choices sometimes can be viewed as as boring. And maybe we still reluctantly do what we're supposed to do, but we sort of reluctantly do it. And, and ah, yeah, Bryce, he's steady, he's consistent. And we almost view that as a bad thing. But it's like, wait, what? Why, why is that a bad thing? And then when, when it comes to following Jesus, you know, the question becomes, are we truly passionate about living our lives with him and for him? Or are we just going through the motions and maybe reluctantly going to church, reluctantly reading the Bible? And so where has our enthusiasm gone? Shouldn't we be excited to follow Jesus, who has always been faithful, is always reliable, is always steady, always delivers on his promises, and you know maybe we've we've been enticed by the culture around us that that's been you know hyping up other things for us to chase after, and you know we're more excited about you know fill in the blank, the newest TV show or the newest technology or whatever you know money is going to buy us, and and so our passion for Jesus has has soured. You know, the, the life of Jesus is an exciting life. Now, there's, there's challenges. There, there's no question. But we're, we're living with him and for him on a journey that we don't know where he's going to take us next. We don't know how he's going to use us next. And so instead of viewing that as a, a boring, the, the, the life of Jesus should not be a boring life. We should never view it as a, as a boring life. No, it is a, a thrilling, exciting life. But we've allowed culture and the enemy and, and negativity to, to sort of cloud our, our view of what it really looks like and, and means to follow Jesus. It, it's, it's the right answer. It's the right choice. It's our best case scenario. And, and again, he's faithful and reliable. And so where has our enthusiasm gone uh, for him? And, and so instead of reluctantly doing the right thing and, and, and choosing Jesus's way with just kind of this, this hesitation or boring mentality, let's embrace the wonderful life he has for us. And that let's recognize all that he has done, what he did on the cross. He died for us. He rose again. He offers us eternal life and, and he saves us from our sin. And so let's not take that for granted and, and let's stop looking for someone else or something else to provide what only he can. So he's only the right, he's always the right choice. Let's seek him with no hesitation, but with confidence and excitement and and let's you know step to the to the draft uh, the draft board so to speak say yeah this is what I'm taking I'm taking Jesus every time I don't care if other people think he's boring I don't care if other people are are hyping something else uh, the, the world's always hyping something hey come do this come do that hey this is awesome nah, nah, nah. all that stuff eh, can't count on it it doesn't it doesn't deliver and maybe it delivers for a little while but in the long run you can't you can't count on the things of this world you can always count on Jesus and so uh, in Hebrews, it says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. So that's who we want to cling to. That's who we want to place our hope and faith in. And then in Romans, it says, never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. So let's do it with passion. Let's do it with confidence. Let's do it with enthusiasm as we uh, seek him, follow him, love him, and, and hold on to uh, his truth and the life that he has for us. So let's let go of the reluctancy in life. And we'll, we'll go back to the, the fantasy conversation when it comes to reluctancy as well. And, and so Harrison, you actually, uh, 
came up with this this topic. And so what have you experienced from a, a fantasy perspective when it comes to uh, certain players that, that you either have reluctantly drafted in the past or, or guys that you're uh, reluctantly pursuing this year? Yeah, when you look at guys in the past, you're always in the middle rounds of your draft, and there's a guy like Melvin Gordon last year or or James White in the years past for New England. Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks, where it's like, you know what? They're going to be solid, but do I take the shot on the rookie or just the guy who I know will be great? And and most of the time, the guy who you know will be solid, even though you don't want to take them, always ends up outperforming that shot-in-the-dark rookie or breakout player that you want to draft. And one guy for me this year that I'm finding that I don't really want to take him, but I know he's going to be good and have a solid season is Rashad Penny on Seattle. Interesting. Now, everyone wants to draft the rookie running back, Kenneth Walker. He's actually going higher in ADP right now than Rashad Penny. But the Seattle coaching staff has come out and said that this starting running back job is Penny's to lose until he gets injured. You know, I'm not really worried about Walker getting on the field and taking away any work from Penny because Walker's not a great pass catcher, which is the one way he could get on the field over Penny. And in the past, Seattle has used a bell cow running back. They have not run an offense where they use committee running back. And they showed this last year when Penny was the starter for the last five games of the season. He was on pace to break to break the single season rushing record. Now, obviously, that's not going to happen in five games of a small sample size, but you know that he's going to be solid at the beginning of the season. And he's a great guy who you can play in your flex and will get you points while you wait for that rookie running back like a James Cook or a Kenneth Gainwell to gain momentum in their own offense and take their lead role. Yeah, I would be very reluctant to uh, to draft Rashad Penny, but that reluctancy would probably lead to not drafting him. Um, but one guy for me that I'm always reluctant to draft, like year in, year out, it's, it's Dalvin Cook, and unfortunately for him, he's been stuck with sort of the, the injury-prone label, but the reality is he's so productive. He's, he's, I mean, he really is consistent when you look at it year in, year out. You're, you're going to get the yardage. We know he's, he gets the volume. Now, there is a new head coach with, uh, with O'Connell there in Minnesota, and we're you know, kind of curious to see what this offense is going to look like, and I, I'm buying into it overall. Uh, I think he's going to get the most out of Kirk Cousins. I think Mike Zimmer, he just wasn't enough of an offensive guy, um, their, their previous head coach. And so uh, I'll, I'll reluctantly draft Alvin Cook if I've got you know the, the fourth, fifth, sixth pick somewhere in there um this year but the other part of me is I really like Alexander Madison the backup and so he's kind of my guy that I like to target more often and so you know when you have the handcuff you you sort of you hate to admit this but you root for the starter to get injured eh, you should say that you root for the, the your your handcuff to get opportunity we'll put it we'll, we'll word it that way we're not rooting for anybody to get injured obviously um but but that that that's where some of my reluctancy is with with Dalvin Cook is is sort of expecting the injuries. Uh, but then when you think about it, he's averaged 4.7 yards per carry. He's averaged 18 rushing attempts per game throughout his career. Uh, he averages 86 rushing yards per game when he's on the field. So there is the consistency. And in many ways, we, we should be confident in, in drafting Dalvin cook because he does it year in year out, even and just expect maybe he'll miss a couple games. So, all right, who else are you uh, reluctant about this year? So we talked about him a little bit earlier, but I'm pretty reluctant to draft Ezekiel Elliott, even though I know he's going to be great this year for fantasy. 
you know, he's finished as a top 10 running back pretty much every year that he's played when he's played a full season. You know, he was the RB7 last year, and everyone's forgetting about him because everyone wants Tony Pollard to take over. I know you want Tony Pollard to take over. Yes. You know, he, he's explosive. He's great. He's a great player. I love but the backup in, running back. Barring injury, I just don't think that that's going to happen. You know, the Cowboys are paying Zeke the highest running back salary in the NFL. They're not doing that to have him sit on the bench. And the team, like we said before, already says they want to make him more of a focal point in the offense this year. And even though Tony Pollard's great, he's not a guy who's going to come in and just take a big workload and be that bell cow back like the Cowboys like to use. You know, he has below average weight for a running back. He's never had more than 14 carries in an NFL game. And the one game he played when Ezekiel Elliott was injured, he only had 12 carries. He wasn't getting that 25 carry workload like we see Alexander Madison get when Dalvin Cook is out. And, you know, despite Pollard being thought as the, the quicker receiving back in the offense, Zeke has actually had 58% more targets than Pollard the last two years and is a much better pass blocker than Pollard. So Zeke is, is still the first down back. He's still the third down back and pass catching back. He's still the goal line back. And as much as we don't want to admit it, he is still the lead guy in Dallas and is going to be a top 10 running back probably once again, despite him going in the third rounds of drafts right now. You can have him. I'll be passing. <laughs> I'll, I will pass on him. Thank you very much. All right. So you're a Bears fan. And so th this next guy I want to talk about, uh, David Montgomery from the Bears. Now, he's still a young player. And last year, I was all in on the Khalil Herbert hype. I was even before he, he emerged. So I, I'm still on that bandwagon, and I want to see, again, I'm the backup running back guy. I want to see Herbert play. However, if I'm sitting on the clock in the second round or third round and David Montgomery is available, there will be some reluctancy because, you know, you look at he averages 3.9 yards per carry, so not, not great. But the reality is there's, there should be volume for him. He, he has produced, he has, he actually, he's, he's played most of the games throughout his career, 44 or 49 games uh, he's played, um, which is great. So th there's a level of reliability there. Uh, there really aren't that many weapons in that Chicago offense. I'm going to talk about Cole Komet in a little bit, and Darnell Mooney's fine, but they're, they're going to rely on the, the, the running game. And so maybe they incorporate Herbert, maybe they, they incorporate my uh, former App State uh, player, Darrington Evans, who they brought in, um, more of a pass catcher, pass catching guy. But the reality is, David Montgomery, if you can get him as an RB2, it's good value. It's like he, he can live up to that. And, and so he's overvalued because he's in, or he's undervalued, I should say, because he's in Chicago. A lot of fantasy owners will overlook him. Eh, he's kind of boring. He's kind of one of those guys that we were describing. But I, I'll reluctantly take him if uh, if he's there. So, any any quick thoughts on that, and then we'll uh, we'll move to our last segment. Yeah, David Montgomery is is such an interesting player because he's he's not like an explosive running back. He's just no. very consistent, patient guy. But he's going to get so many targets. He's going to get so many you know rushing attempts. Even though they're in a bad offense, he's still probably going to finish as a really you know high end running back. Even though he's he's not going to finish as a top five guy. That's just not going to happen for him, but he's a really solid RB too. So I completely agree. Yeah. It's a, it's a safe pick. I, I think o overall it's a safe pick. At least I, again, I like Herbert and maybe, maybe he could take some, some carries away from him as the, as the season goes on. Uh, but I still think you, you start off the year strong with, uh, with David Montgomery. 
All right, so we're going to take a look at, uh, we'll play a little game. We'll, we'll say draft them no matter what, at the right price, or under no circumstance. And, and so this is, you know, when a player is on the clock and we're, you know, making those, those decisions here, here's where we come out, uh, on these guys. And so Harrison, let me ask you about, uh, Mike Williams. I think I know where you, you stand on this, but, uh, what are your thoughts on him? So Mike Williams is someone that I loved last year. I took him in literally every single fantasy league that I was in. Cause I thought he was going to break out and he did. He posted a, a career year with a career high in targets, receptions, and yards, and finished as the wide receiver 12 in fantasy last year, you know, despite his inconsistency during the season of having 30 points one week and then three points the next week. Um, but however, Mike Evans or Mike Williams, excuse me, was a really good, just solid NFL wide receiver. He was fifth overall in route wins last year, and the Chargers rewarded his breakout by giving him a three year, $60 million contract. So they clearly don't think last year was a fluke. And I don't think last year was a fluke either. I think this season, Mike Williams is going to, you know, break out even more and overtake Keenan Allen as the wide receiver to have in this Chargers offense. Despite catching nine touchdowns last year, Williams will catch even more this season. Surprisingly, he was eighth in the NFL in red zone targets last year, but only finished with five red zone touchdowns. Comparably, guys with similar skill sets to him, like Mike Evans and DK Metcalf, both had three less red zone targets than Williams, but scored 10 and 9 touchdowns, respectively, with those targets. So I think he's going to have positive touchdown um, increases this year. You know, Justin Herbert really trusts him more than anyone else in this offense, I think. In week 17 last year, with the playoffs on the line, Herbert targeted Williams 17 times which was fifth most of any player in a single game last year. And Herbert just doesn't throw him easy completions with those 17 targets. You know, his yards per reception mark in that game was way above anyone else who was ahead of him on that list that got more targets. So I think you have to draft Mike Williams no matter what. He is going to be a surefire top 10 wide receiver Whoa. this year in fantasy. All right. I think I got to say you've convinced me on Mike Williams. I, I have been out on him over the years and I, I'm starting to come around. I, I'm, I'm all in on the Chargers. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to take Chargers players uh, kind of no matter what. All right. The guy for me this year that I want to get in every draft is AJ Dillon. And again, so it was a guy last year. So sometimes we, we, if we're, if we're in on a guy for one year, it, it continues on until, you know, I guess until you give up on the guy or they finally, they finally arrive. And so Dylan showed the glimpses last year. Uh, he had a couple of big games when, when Aaron Jones was out and we saw what he's capable of doing, but, but I just checked the, the, the latest ADP. He's going like 56, man. I love that value I, to me. AJ Dylan can be a very reliable running back too. And you can draft him really as a, you know, running back three flex guy. And I just think one, the Packers are going to run the ball more often. And I think they're going to like the, the reliability and consistency of Dylan. I mean, he averages 4.3 yards a carry uh, last season. And, 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 and again, the, uh, the ability to get into the end zone. And when it starts getting cold later in the season, he's a guy that can win your leagues. Uh, I really believe that. So um, I'm, 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 getting him no matter what. All right. How about a um, player that you're willing to draft 
at the right price? Who's somebody that jumps out to you at the right price? So one guy that jumps out to me at the right place price is uh, Darren Waller. And he's been great for fantasy in the past. I took him in the last round of my fantasy draft the year where he had his breakout season. Everyone called me crazy for having him as my tight end one. But this year, even though he's going to have a really solid season, I think he's going to be more touchdown dependent in the past because he's not going to get the same target numbers that he did with you know now Devontae Adams in the offense and uh, Hunter Renfro taking a step forward. So I think he's going to be more of a volatile week-to-week tight end. Um, but he's still going to be very good season long so I would love take to take Waller maybe in like the fifth round after I get you know my running backs and wide receivers and then also take Derek Carr late as a stack so that way when the weeks when Waller isn't as involved you still get the touchdowns from Derek Carr throwing them to Devontae Adams or Renfro but then when Waller's the focal point and he has that huge breakout game which we all know that he can have you win your week because you get double the points from Carr and Waller being in your starting lineup All right, so a little tease for next week's show. We'll do our draft strategy special. And you just mentioned a philosophy of the stack. I'm anti-stack. So so a little tease. So we can debate that uh, next week. All right, we're going to go through uh, a few more players pretty quickly here. And we can give you a little bit more of the recap on our website, uh, fantasyfootballfellowship.com. And so... Uh, we've got a lot of information uh, about these, these different players and kind of where we, we come out on these guys. And, and so as far as, um, for me, uh, another guy that I'm, I'm really, you know, I want to draft no matter what, Cole Komet. And I just love that he's still under the radar and he's in that kind of tight end 10 range, but I think he can be a tight end like six. So you can get him in the 10th round or after and, and so I'm going to go after him. I think Justin Fields will rely on him. I think he'll be a reliable, you know, tight end, which he showed last year. We saw his emergence. And I think only diehard fantasy owners really took notice. It, it, this always happens in, in fantasy. It's like you see the glimpses and then the diehards realize it, but the average fantasy owners just kind of wrapped up in their own team kind of toward the end of the season. They don't really understand kind of all that's going on. And then this year, Komet's going to burst out, and then everybody will know about him. That's my guess. Him and AJ Dillon; those are the guys uh, for me. I was a little bit early last year, but I, you know, I'm still on that the, the bandwagon for both those guys. Um, and then the other one for me, as far as at the right price, Brandon Ayuk. So right now, his value is uh, he goes 100 ADP, but people are ranking him at 85. So he's a he's a talented player with Trey Lance. Everybody talks about Debo Samuel, as they should. But don't forget Brandon Ayuk. He, he got off to a slow start last year, finished strong. Um, and then I also, I like Chase Edmonds at the right price as a good value guy. Um, if I can get him as kind of my, my third running back flex guy, uh, he won't be awesome every week, but he'll have some really nice games, catch a lot of balls out of the backfield. So run, run through a couple names uh, for, for you, Harrison. Yeah, so one more guy that I want to draft no matter what is Ramondre Stevenson on the Patriots. Now, you and I were both in on Damian Harris last year, but Stevenson really became the guy as the season went on. Uh, From week 10 on, it was a a true split backfield between the two of them, and Stevenson averaged 13 carries to Harris's 10 carries. And now in training camps, you know, there's reports that Stevenson is being used as the Patriots' third down receiving back which last year we saw Brandon Bolden and James White combined to have over 50 receptions in that role. 
Damian Harris is also on a contract year, and there's been no talks to re-sign him. So I think Stevenson could get the receiving work, is going to be splitting carries early on, and could just become the overall lead back in this offense by the end of the season over Damian Harris and the guy to have in New England. And then one guy who I am not drafting under any circumstances is Robert Woods. You know, everyone hopes that Robert Woods can be this really good wide receiver two or even the wide receiver one for the Tennessee Titans because of what he's done in the past. However, he tore his ACL in November last year and will be extremely lucky to even begin the season, you know, on the field. And history is not kind to wide receivers who tear their ACL. Nearly 30% of receivers who tear their ACL never step on the field again. And for the ones who do, you know, when they return, their receptions per game decreased by 32% and their yards per reception dropped by 22%. In addition, Woods is also turning 30 years old this year, which may not seem like a big deal. But last year, there was not a single receiver in the NFL over 30 to have more than 900 receiving yards. And the guy who led the NFL in receiving yards over 30 was A.J. Green. I don't know how much fantasy owners were trusting A.J. Green in their lineups week to week. So I really just do not see a world where Robert Woods is super productive this year. I hate to say it because he's been such a great player. And then they also drafted a lot of wide receivers in the draft, including Kyle Phillips, a slot receiver out of UCLA in the middle rounds, who, like Woods, is a great route runner, great blocker, could take that role from him in the slot. And I just don't really think Woods is going to be as involved in this offense as people thought when the trade first happened. Over the next couple of weeks, we'll try to fit it in to, to one of the episodes. We'll, we'll talk about teams that we're avoiding or teams that we're targeting. So like the Chargers, I'm targeting the Chargers. I want the Chargers. The team I'm avoiding, the Titans. Get them out. Get them out. I don't want them. I don't want any Titans players. And, and this is the number one team last year in the AFC. And I'm selling them. So I'm jumping off. I'm jumping off the bandwagon. And, and so Robert Woods would, would be included in that. All right. So uh, we'll wrap up with, with this. Uh, Two guys that I am I'm not drafting under any circumstance, Kyler Murray. I, I want to avoid that firestorm. The does he watch film? Does he not watch film? Is he gonna watch film? Who's gonna keep an eye on him? Is he does he have a babysitter? Does he not have a babysitter? Uh, I don't no, thank you. Uh, he cost me last year. My my worst team last year had Kyler Murray. So no thank you. And then I joked about Mike Gasicki earlier. To me, he's the guy every summer that like just gets so hyped, and he was okay last year. But with all the weapons Miami has, no thank you. Mike Kosicki, they still say he's tight end 13. His ADP is 110. Ooh, even that seems too early for me. So no thank you. Under He will not be on any of my teams this year, I promise. So good stuff out of Harrison. Uh, be sure to check out all of our, our content, the faith content, the fantasy content, the fantasy and faith content on our website, fantasyfootballfellowship.com. Become a member today. If you enjoy this podcast, if you listen to this podcast, please become a member today. Get access to all of our content throughout the season. And uh, we want to help you draft well, manage well, and find meaning and purpose throughout the fantasy season. So thanks to Harrison. Thanks to intern Landon for all of his great research today. He's still working hard. He thinks we're still going. He's still writing. He's giving me all sorts of content. I love it. Keep keep working hard, uh, Landon. We appreciate you. And uh, thanks to everybody for listening today. I'm Bryce. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected, and through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as fantasy owners and sports fans who follow Jesus 
together. Have a great rest of your day, and let's not be reluctant to follow Jesus. Let's be enthusiastic. Let's embrace him and all that he is and who he is. He's faithful. He's reliable. He loves us. He gives us grace and mercy every single day. Let's rest in him and, uh, and, and praise him, worship him, seek him, love him with all we've got. So praise God. We love him. That's why we do this show. It's fun talking fantasy, but more importantly, uh, let's continue to point one another toward Jesus. So have a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you soon right here on the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast presented by MetaShare. 